Living in a culture where there are no absolute truths and where confusion and division are off the rails is successfully hardening the hearts of our children. The good news is we can raise children with tender hearts despite all that's going on around us. Join me this week as I talk about raising children with tender hearts. Hi, and welcome to the Raising Kids on Your Knees podcast. Raising Kids on Your Knees is a ministry dedicated to equipping you to pray and parent life into the lives of your children. I am your host, Tina Smith. Welcome to the show. I'm so happy you're here with me. My prayer for you is that your time here will help you grow in freedom and victory in Christ so that your prayers for your children are powerful and effective. So glad to have you back with me this week on the podcast. We are talking about some things today that are not always on our parenting radar. And I hope that this episode is encouraging and motivating for you this week. The cupcake generation are now becoming adults and we're seeing the consequences of what happens when parenting is skewed. It has created a generation of children who are entitled and have no solid moral values to stand on. These are the children that were awarded trophies for simply showing up to the game. They were applauded for merely trying harder in school. They were entitled to an A on their school papers simply because they took the test. You're getting my drift here, right? Of course, none of us want to raise children with a hardened heart. However, I'm afraid that is exactly what we may be doing. Children no longer know what it means to offer a sincere apology for their wrong or, in fact, don't believe that they did anything wrong to begin with. They're given everything they want while mom and dad are working hours on hours to pay for it. You know what I'm talking about. I've fallen into it myself. My guess is you may have too. We all want our children to have a better life than we had. Yet for the life of me, I can't figure out what was so bad about the life I had to begin with. Don't get me wrong. I know that there are downright awful situations out there. That isn't at all what I'm talking about here. Most of us have had it pretty good growing up. As we're busy making our children's lives wonderful, however, our children's hearts are becoming callous to the effects of their actions with others. I know what you're thinking. My child volunteers and my child is so polite and my child is so helpful. I say the same things. On the outside, they look all spiffed up and polished, but on the inside, their hearts have disconnected from their conscience. The lines between right and wrong are blurred. And after all, being wrong just isn't cool anymore. As parents who are followers of Jesus, the hearts of our children should be a top priority as we're raising them. The prayer sheet this week has prayers that will be asking God to build soft hearts and proven character in our children's lives. Our devotions this week will focus on us as parents stepping up to the plate in our spiritual parenting and raising children whose hearts are soft and tender to those around them. More importantly, raising children who have a soft heart to the promptings of the Holy Spirit in their lives. I would love to pray alongside of you for our children this week. Go over to RaisingKidsOnYourKnees.org and subscribe to the Prayer Tribe. You'll be joining a growing global community of prayer warriors who are praying together for their children. These are the things we can change as parents that will make a huge difference in the character of our children, as well as come alongside what Jesus wants to build in their character. 
So let's get started. Here are five spiritual parenting skills we can practice with our children that will go a long way in creating tender, teachable hearts. If we want to harden our children's hearts, all we need to do is not make them apologize for the things that they do wrong. Matthew 5, 23 through 24 tells us this. So if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. Often we let our children off the hook when we don't make them apologize for the things that they do wrong. Sure, having to look someone in the eye and tell them, I'm sorry for whatever it is they did. I was wrong. Please forgive me. Without using a but, by the way, is a very hard thing to do, even for me as an adult. However, when we excuse our children's wrong or hurtful behavior toward another person, we are merely teaching them that it doesn't matter if we hurt people. We teach them that no lives matter but their own. In these verses in Matthew, God makes it clear that before we can offer a sacrifice to him, we must be reconciled to those that we have strained relationships with. I understand that sometimes that's not possible because the other person is unwilling or there is an abusive situation involved. Our attitude in situations where we know others have something against us is to be willing to make it right with that person. Teaching our children to apologize to others where they have blown it goes such a long way in teaching them humility. We're living in a society that blames anyone and everyone for their poor behavior. Genesis 4, 7 tells us this, you will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you, but you must subdue it and be its master. Blame shifting has become a socially accepted excuse for letting our children off the hook for their poor choices. Let's face it, what Johnny did was wrong, so his wrong cancels out my wrong, and we never make our children own up for their actions, therefore making two wrongs a right. We need to stop and look at ourselves in this scenario. Do we as parents own our own poor choices, or do we blame others for the wrong choices we're making? One of the ways we as adults tend to blame others is simply by blaming the environment we grew up in. Growing up in a poor environment, working in a difficult situation, or even having a hard day is no excuse for your actions. It is always right to do the right thing, and owning our actions is a great place to start. Otherwise, sin will control us, and the same is true for our children. When our children see us own our own actions instead of blaming someone or circumstances for their own poor behavior, it will go a long way in teaching them how to own their own choices. When our children see us own our own actions instead of blaming someone or circumstances for our own poor behavior, it's going to go a long way in teaching them how to own their own choices as well. Somewhere along the line, good parenting is equated with removing all the obstacles in our children's lives. The Bible in Proverbs 13:4 tells us this, lazy people want much but get little, but those who work hard will prosper. Our kids say, I don't like this teacher. I don't like that coach. I hear it all the time from my own children. 
Sure, my mother's heart wants to rush in when things get hard on the team, or the teacher wasn't nice that day, or they had a friend that was just downright mean to them. It's normal to feel that way. However, where we go wrong is when we rush in and shelter our children from the very things that God uses in their lives to build the character that we want to see in them. It's known these days as lawnmower parenting. This type of parenting will rob our children of a blessing by making it easy. My guess is if you've gotten anywhere in life, it wasn't easy. This verse in Proverbs guarantees that only those who do the hard things will prosper. God uses the hard to build character in us and in our children. As you and I go around mowing down all the hard things, hoping to make their lives fun and easy, we become a stumbling block to them. We rob them of the very thing God wants to do in their lives to make them more like him. We all want our children to prosper. And the only way that is going to happen is by letting them experience the hard things. Another benchmark in parenting has become giving our children everything they want without having to earn it. We've forgotten that Hebrews 13, 5 says this, don't love money, be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. It starts really early in our children's lives. Little Susie wants the toy that they see at the store and has a temper tantrum when she doesn't get it. Instead of hauling little Susie out of the store and taking her home, we don't want to make a scene in the store, upset little Susie or be inconvenienced. So we give in and get her exactly what her little heart desires. When little Susie grows up to be Princess Susie and wants the fancy car, the designer clothing, and to eat out all the time or walk around with a designer coffee in her hand, all she has to do is schmooze mom and dad who proudly present her with her heart's desire as if it's a parenting trophy to be displayed for all to see. We completely check our brains out at the door. What's even worse, mom and dad are now gone all the time working to pay for it all. Little Susie and little Johnny are left at home to raise themselves. Thinking that giving our children all that they want will make them happy is wrong thinking. What we are teaching them is that they are entitled to all they want. It creates in them a materialistic heart that is only satisfied when they look the part. Contentment is the opposite of entitlement. And contentment combined with godliness is of great worth. These are the things of value to God. Fostering a kind, tender heart in our children towards others is crucial, especially now. Ephesians 4.32 says, instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. When we allow our children to cop an attitude about someone and jump on their bandwagon, we are teaching them anything but kindness, tenderheartedness, and forgiveness. If you want to foster a hard heart in your child, just join in with them while they make fun of other people or cut down other people or laugh when someone falls flat on their face. For the moms of teenage daughters, when you allow them to be attitudinal when things aren't going their way at home or with their friends, you are fostering a hard heart in your daughter. Instead of fostering a heart of acceptance or compassion for other people in situations and teaching them to be happy for the blessings of others, we're fostering in them an attitude of entitlement and jealousy. 
Teaching our children that other people are made in God's image just as they are and that they have the same importance to God goes a long way in stifling a prideful and judgmental heart toward others. We must be the ones willing to step up to the plate and set the example. A critical and judgmental attitude towards others always fosters a hard heart in our children. I know that these are hard things to hear as a parent. It is certainly counter to the culture we're living in right now. However, God has called his church to a much higher standard than the world. And we are the ones called to hold that bar high for our children. Let me pray for you today. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for my friend. Lord, I pray and lift them up to you today that they would be encouraged and challenged to step up to this plate of fostering a soft, tender heart in their children, Lord, because we know in the end that fosters a soft, tender heart towards you. Lord, I want to thank you and praise you that nothing is impossible with you. In Jesus' name, amen.